Welcome to the Alive Active Shooter Survival Training Program, where the experts break down active shooter incidents to discuss and assess each event to help you stay alive. This is your host, security expert and creator of the Alive Active Shooter Survival Training Program, Michael Julian. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to the next episode of the Alive Active Shooter Survival Training Program podcast. Uh, we are joined today with my my buddy Ben Gothard and my other buddy Mark Gillespie. Ben is in New Orleans and Mark is in Austin, correct? Or Houston? Apparently, Mark can't hear us right now. <laughs> <laughs> Plug your mic in there, Marky. Can you hear oh us my now? Gosh. Can you hear me oh. now? Yeah, we can hear yes. you now, buddy. How are you? How's everybody doing? All right. Good. How are you? So a couple things uh, we're going to cover today. One, uh, I had a really good live presentation yesterday in Escondido, California, uh, to a uh, marriage and family counseling center. And it was intense. It's a big facility. They've got 80 employees. There was only a lot of them out in the field. So I worked with 40 of them there and did the three-hour presentation also did a, a, a facility vulnerability assessment to see what their uh, security physical security deficits are and evaluated some of their procedures so that was pretty interesting um, we can get into that in a bit and then we're gonna actually cover the assess step of the alive program alive stands for assess leave impede violence and expose and today we're gonna we're going to cover some things, um, the assess process. So first of all, um, I just want to talk briefly about uh, my presentation yesterday. It went, uh, it was, it was really interesting because, you know, a lot of the live presentation deals with the psychology, uh, not only of the killer, but of the would be victims. And, uh, I talk about the importance of knowing the killer's mindset because, you know, like in, a, in any sport, if you know what your opponent is thinking, oftentimes you'll be better equipped to counter that and give you a, a, give you a little bit of an advantage. And then, of course, these people, these counselors who have psychological training backgrounds uh, and deal in mindset and thinking and so forth, I talk to them about the mindset of, of, of them, the employees, the admin people, and anybody really that's faced with an active killer situation. So, uh, you know, it was kind of like preaching to the choir when I was talking about the psychological part, but it was great because I got a lot of reinforcement to the things that I say from uh, professionals that know this stuff. So, uh, you know, of course, you know, and, and these are people that deal with tragic, horrible situations with families. They deal with um, court-ordered domestic violence counseling and, and, you know, naturally violent, angry people. So it was interesting. Even the videos that I showed, that I show in my presentation, of course, I gave them the disclaimer that it's disturbing content. And even with all of the things these people have seen, uh, you know, nobody nobody left the room or covered their eyes. They watched, but they they get the same feeling that we all do when we see these videos of these horrific events and try and comprehend what somebody would be thinking to carry out such incredibly dastardly uh, scenarios where they're taking multiple people's lives. But uh, 
but at the end, you know, I got a lot of praise, which is great, um, you know, to know that I've affected people in a certain way. And everybody said that they felt more empowered and confident in dealing with an active shooter, active killer um, moving forward. So that was pretty cool. Well, I actually want to step in there for a second. And, you know, as the, the civilian perspective from not a security background, uh, when I was first exposed to to that kind of material, um, I mean, I'd never seen anything like that in real life before. I mean, I've, you know, I've played video games before and I've seen that, but never like a real live, uh, a real life example of that. And it was something where you know, it was hard to watch um, in, in the beginning, but, you know, I'm so glad that I did because now I, you know, I feel empowered. I feel like it's not you know, there, there is no shock value to it any anymore. It's at least drastically reduced to the point where, you know, I, I don't have to go through that initial, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. Now it's, oh my God, this is happening. I know what to do. Let's take, you know, let's take the next step. So I actually think you bring up a great point of, you know, while that, you know, it, it, it is really hard to talk about these things, or it can be, at least in the beginning, and, and definitely to see uh, some of the graphic videos. It's critical because if you don't go through it beforehand, and if you don't experience at least something like that and get in the mindset, then you have to face all that in the moment, which is the worst time to do it. Yeah. So you're, you essentially that, that first shock that may send you into that paralysis of fear is kind of over because now you've seen it, you can get past that step. So you're more ready and able to react uh, without that, you know, that freaking wow, I can't believe this is happening because you've actually seen it happen before. That's a good point. Right. And, and it's like, you know, with, mm -hmm. with any, with any professional, uh, you know, You've, you've heard it takes 5,000 or 10,000 hours to master something. Um, it, I mean, the same the same is with, with anything, like the same is with CPR training or, or AD training or, or um, you know, any, any sort of life-saving technique or, or information. Like the more you get accustomed to it, the more you get familiar with it, the better you're going to be. So, yeah. you know, it seems to me like this is absolutely no different and – the more you can expose yourself to the information and to the knowledge uh, of how to save yourself, the better off you're going to be. Yeah, absolutely. I also got some good news last week. I will be, I got booked for five training sessions in new Orleans. So I'll be spending some, some one-on-one -on -one time with my buddy, Ben. So I'm kind of excited about that. Good chance. I'll be doing a, a synagogue while I'm, while I'm in town as well. So that's kind of cool. Mark, we need to we need to schedule some stuff together. Uh, looks like you're working on a, a conference that we may be speaking together at. That's pretty cool. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. Should be in November. Good. More information to follow. Good, good. Yeah, I've got I've got one in Memphis, and then flying immediately that evening to New Orleans for three more in the next three days. So um, I want to get into, like I said, we're going to cover. This is not just let's talk about things that have happened in the past. Let's talk about ways to save ourselves in the future. So I'm going to do a quick uh, screen share and get into the, um, the actual uh, survival portion actually here. Um, 
still working out how to use this um, fancy technology stuff. So let's do <laughs> let's do this here. Um, no, it's still making it hard for me, Ben. I you're definitely the tech guy. So uh, let's go ahead and I'm gonna share it first. If I can figure it out, okay. Let's do uh, let's do this one here. You know, while while you're getting the the technology ready. Um, there, do you, do you see the full screen? Uh, we do not. But but while you're getting the technology ready, um, you know, I did I did want to kind of pose a question. Um, where did you get the word assess from? Uh, because that is the A in a live and I think it would be really helpful for people to understand like not only what it is and how to actually take that action step, but like, where did that come from? How did you, how did you come to, to the, to the A, to the assessment? That, that is a uh, great question. And do you, what do you see now? We see the PowerPoint coming up. So you see an active shooter using a Okay, great. That's what I wanted. So um, I'm going to zoom through this here real quick. I um, I came up with Assess. Well, first of all, clearly I wanted to create a um, an acronym that made sense and that was easy to um, uh, easy to remember. Uh, obviously, in when the poo poo hits the oscillator, as I say, to be politically correct in my presentations you need to be able to remember something that makes sense. So, and then of course I wanted to go in chronological order of the steps you should take. So you, you know, you take the first one, if that's not right, you take the second one and so forth. There are some acronyms out there that are a little bit out of order and I didn't want to make it confusing for people. So uh, Alive made real good sense when it comes to that sort of thing. And it was perfect because I wanted the first step in this program to make you stop and think about what is happening. I, I wanted it to be something that is a reminder of, okay, I need to focus on what is happening and what I'm going to do next in, instead of um, freezing in fear of being overcome and uh, paralyzed by the idea of, you know, never seeing your, you, you, the people that you care about again. So assess was the, the perfect uh, word to come up with and uh, you see it. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So assess stands uh, the A is for assess and it is, it is this, it is the step where you, you basically lock it down. You you go from you you don't react emotionally. You react intellectually and rationally, because we all know that if you've ever been in an argument with a girlfriend or her husband or wife or whatever, uh, reacting emotionally usually will not be the thing that sets the pace or de-escalates the situation. Often oftentimes it will escalate it. So assess assesses for stop breathe and think about what is happening. And I, and I emphasize the breathe portion. I want you to, everybody to take a deep breath because <clears throat> a couple of things, one, it'll get a nice big fat shot of oxygen to your brain, which when your adrenaline starts pumping, you're going to need as much oxygen in your system as you can. And it is, 
I mean, you know, anytime somebody's frantic and you say, stop, take a deep breath, relax. It's just uh, reminiscent of what you, we already are told all the time when we are panicky or whatever, and we want to, um, we want to stop and relax um, and, and get, get ready to take the next action. And turn the gain down on my mic a little bit. And so, so in this process, you stop, you breathe, and you consider what is happening. So then you can take the appropriate next best steps. Now, hopefully, if you've taken the course, you now know that it, this is the part of the assess process where you consider the plan. And in the, in the process or in the course, I teach um, going through scenarios in your mind. I even do a, uh, like an imagination exercise where I have everybody close their eyes and then I kind of calmly and quietly talk them through what is actually happening where they're at. I say, imagine yourself at your desk or at the grocery store or in a theater, somewhere where you are going to spend time that may be a target for an active assailant. Uh, and by definition, that is going to be somebody who wants to kill people as quickly as possible, usually in a confined area where they won't be easily stopped, for instance, by security or law enforcement. So, so, so I want to ask a, I want to ask a quick question here. Sure. Um, are you talking about places? Cause what immediately jumps into my mind is, I'm at the grocery store. Uh, I am with my family. Uh, you know, my elderly grandfather is is with me, and uh, you know, maybe maybe a younger cousin is with me, and we're just in the middle of the checkout aisle, and then somebody just walks in the front door with a with a machine gun or just you know some awful awful uh, situation like that. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Um, yes, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of these that I give at workplaces or at churches, synagogues, um, that is the setting I will use. Because if I'm, at, you know, if we're at a workplace, then obviously that's where people spend at least eight hours of their day every day, five days a week. And so that is the perfect scenario for them to walk through, for them to imagine that through. So good question. Thank you. So let's use both of them. I will... I will say, okay, now close your eyes if you're comfortable doing so. Um, now smell the smells, hear the sounds, picture where you're at, you know, where the exits are, your desk, whatever it is that you spend the majority of your time when you're at the office. Now I want you to picture um, suddenly you hear gunshots. And at that moment, that's when the assess uh, step, that's when you begin the assess process. You, you say, okay, where are the gunshots coming from? You look around, see what you can see. If you see panic on one end of the facility or office or factory, whatever you're working at, um, what are your options? What do you do? Does, you know, what's the person look like? Do they have a handgun, a, a long gun? What direction are they shooting in? So you now know what is happening. What do you do next? Do, or do you have the ability to leave, which is the L in alive? Can you leave the premises safely? Can you get out of there? If you cannot, 
what can you do to impede the killer's ability to get to you? How can you create time and space to make it difficult for them to get to you? Because remember, you know, time and space is our friend in that situation. We know that these uh, incidences rarely, rarely ever go past 10 minutes. That's why I named the book 10 Minutes to Live. It's focusing on it's only going to go 10 minutes. Usually it goes less than five. So in that amount of time, you have an end point, you have a goal, you know, you've got a finish line, you just need to get to the 10 minute mark. So um, what can you do to create time and space? Can you shut and lock the door? Can you move a desk or file cabinet or, or cases of paper in the copy room against that door so they can't get to you? And that, that then is your plan. Or if you can't do that, you look and you see what weapons do I have to uh, defend myself and where can I posture myself to most effectively use that weapons to disarm, disable, or if necessary, kill the attacker. So that is the plan that I want you to have. But then I say, okay, now that's one scenario. Now you've got a plan for that scenario. Let's back up to the very beginning of this scenario, start a new one. And instead of the attacker or gunman or assailant being over on the left side, maybe they're in the lobby or you look out the window and you see them outside the window um, and they're shooting you know, towards the building or away from the building or whatever. Now start that whole assessment process all over again and create that plan. So that is the assessment. Now, with that, as soon as you realize, the very second you realize that an active killer is, is present and trying to kill people, you have got to start the clock ticking by calling 911 immediately. Now, you know, obviously you wanna, you're gonna be afraid, you're gonna be in shock, but you've gotta be able to function to save yourself, but you've gotta call 911 because we know that you know, so many times, more than 50% of the times, these, these people will kill themselves. And very frequently, it is either when law enforcement arrives, sometimes before law enforcement arrives, when they arrive, when they hear the uh, sirens of, of approaching uh, law enforcement, or when law, law enforcement gets there and they engage the attacker, now the attacker is they're on the defensive they're not they're not as focused on killing innocent people they're focused on either uh, self-preservation killing themselves or engaging law enforcement so they take their focus away from you from the potential victim and so the sooner law enforcement and and we know now that they they're their rules of engagement have have completely changed they now focus on, um, they now focus on engaging the attacker to draw their fire, to kill them, whatever, to keep them from focusing on killing the innocents. So, uh, so we got to call 911 and get that clock ticking, but the assess, the assess process in essence is you assess your situation, uh, before you act. You want to know what you're supposed to do and what is going on before you act. So you don't run right into the line of fire or do something emotionally that ends up getting you hurt. So These, um, I, have a, I have a quick question here. Um, it seems like there are a lot of things that we need to be cognizant of here. We need to have a plan and we need to think about these things 
before it actually happens. seems like we need to then adjust the plan and customize it for whatever situation, horrible, you know, tragedy we find ourselves in. We need to also be calling 911. We need to be also like looking around and figuring out, you know, what it, what it actually is going on. And we're probably going to be alerted to this by actual real life, like gunfire, which is really fucking scary. And like all these things are happening at once. It seems like that can be overwhelming for people. So like, absolutely, absolutely overwhelming. And imagine um, if you're in that situation and you've never taken any training before and you haven't seen the videos that we show and you in that initial shock has not been already you know, put behind you because you see these real life scenarios. Imagine how much more overwhelming it is if you don't have a plan, if you haven't thought about it, if you haven't considered these things. Now, most people, many people, trained individuals that should know this stuff or that does know this stuff, even they can get caught up in the, oh my God, I'm going to die today and I'm never going to see the people I care about again. They will be paralyzed with fear. This, this, the program gets them over that initial shock, gives them some training. We've already walked them through it in the visualization. They're, they've thought about it. They've created a plan. Even if that plan doesn't fit exactly for that scenario, they've already thought through those steps. So they've got that training and now they can focus on survival, not on perishing at the hands of some coward who couldn't cope with his own issues in life. So, so it seems like the key is. Mike, let me, oh, you go, Mark. Let me add a few comments to that. It's it's kind of like a lot of us have been in a car accident, and you know we didn't when we got in the car to drive, we didn't expect to get in an accident, but it's a reality. It can happen at any time. So if you've been in a car accident, it comes as a huge shock. And how many times have you have you been in that scenario? And the airbags are deployed and it's like you, you get hit, but maybe not injured, but for several seconds, you're stunned. You don't know what's going on. And it's kind of like you, you have to figure out where the hell am I? What's, what's going on? So what this just is kind happened? of a similar type scenario where uh, you've got to stop, breathe, think, and then assess what, what is going on? What's your action? What's the next step? What's, what terrible things are about to happen that you don't even know of? And, you yeah. know, we, we were, I thought we were going to start talking a little bit about um, uh, situational awareness. Well, situational awareness, if we train our brain, our mind, our, our, in our everyday behavior to be aware of our environment, Wherever we go, whatever we do, to be thinking about what could go wrong, how would it go wrong, and what is what is my reaction going to be? You know, going into a restaurant, going into a store, looking for exits, you know, entrances, bathrooms, storage closets, whatever. Uh, if we start thinking along those lines, when we get into a high stress situation, like a car accident or an active shooter scenario, we're we're going to be we're going to be right there in the right frame of mind to be thinking about what needs to be done next how are we going to assess this situation and that assessment 
those few seconds of assessment are going to spell the difference between life or death. Yeah, life Mark, or death that, for us and life or death for other people. That is such a great analogy, great illustration. It's so true. And that's why military and law enforcement constantly train for this stuff. So they're already ready. They know their plan. They know how to react. And, be, and the more you train and the more you drill, the more it becomes second nature. The less you're thinking about what do I do, the more you're thinking about I know what to do, so now I'm going to do it. And, you know, even just having that confidence, a perfect example of, of that confidence is when Liz Moreno, um, one of my former students was in Las Vegas at the Route 91 Music Festival on October 1st, 2017. And when that shooter, and I won't mention his name, uh, we're trying to get away from any kind of notoriety whatsoever for these people. We, we, we want to forget them, but we want to learn from their incidences. When that happened, she told me, I had this sudden sense of calm when I realized, wait a minute, I had this training, I know what to do. So when this happened and she, it clicked that, hold on a second, I've had this training. That's when she realized she had to act. And it's, you know, it is her belief that realizing that defying what her boyfriend said, which was laying on the ground with a whole bunch of other people in the middle of that field that the guy, the shooter was shooting into, she said, we've got to go. And he said, no, we got to stay here. And she said, look, I'm going with or without you. So see, he said, okay. They jumped up, grabbed hands and took off running. And she believes that's what, what saved her life. So that's, that's exactly right. Um, at, at this point, we have to think about what is happening and what our options are, because let's face it, run, hide, fight, great foundation. Uh, but you know, you can't nest always do it in that order. You want to consider those steps in that order because frankly, getting out of there is what you want to do first. If you can, you're not going to consider, Hey, I'm going to fight first because the shooter may be far enough away and pointed another direction that you can get out. Deciding to fight right away would be the wrong thing to do. If you can get out of there and save your life because fighting them may end up getting you killed. So at this vital step, you stop and you think about what is happening and now which of these next steps are going to be the most appropriate to save my life. You can't just take off running. Uh, you know, you can't just leave if leaving is going to be the option to get you killed because the guy's walking right down the, the hallway at you. You know, you're going to walk right into the gunfire. And so this, this step forces you to pause and assess, uh, you know, what is happening and and it's a split second. You know, I was a, I was giving a, uh, I was given a training and at a big conference. It was a um, event coordinators conference, and I had one guy that I don't know if he's former military or what, but he decided he was going to be smarter than the instructor and say, well, yeah, but you know, if you stop and wait five minutes to figure out what you should do next, you know, you're going to get yourself killed. I'm not talking about a five minute pause. I'm talking about five seconds because when you're in that situation and the seconds. adrenaline's pumping, you've heard my life flashed before my eyes in a matter of seconds. Well, I want this training to flash before your eyes in a matter of seconds, three to five seconds. That's all it's going to take for you to go. Okay. There's a shooter. Where is he? What do I do now? So um, yeah, it's vitally important. Now, and, and I think I think the way to save more time too is to think about this shit beforehand. Like think about all the things you, that we've been talking about. Like, hey, in the places that I go most often, 
where are the exits? What are my what are my places of cover? Where can people come in? Who you know who might be there with me? Like what things do I need to think about and think through beforehand so that when it hits the fan and I totally said the word, but you know, so when when it hits the fan you don't have to think about that stuff. You've already thought about it. And then you could just tap into that and access it and then be like, all right, it's go time. Absolutely correct. And that's why this visualization pro, uh, exercise we do in the program is so important. You've already thought it through or, or, you know, even more to that point, Ben, um, that is situational awareness. That is knowing your surroundings so you can apply that plan without having to look around. Uh, in situational awareness, or I call it being proactively reactionary, you 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 walk into a theater. A lot of theater layouts are the same. You walk in, you decide where the most strategic place for you to sit is. It's not going to be the very center of the theater where you get the best seats and the best site, you know, the best view of the screen, or or the theater, you know, excuse me, the uh, the concert. I go to concerts all the time. I love concerts. I like to be in the pit right in front of the stage uh, or center right in the middle so I can see what's going on up close. That is actually going to be one of the most vulnerable spots. We found that out in uh, the Aurora shooting at the theater when uh, the killer walked in. Strangely enough, and this was a good lesson for us because we, we talked, uh, we, I saw interviews with uh, some of the, the people at the theater. And they said when he walked in, the people directly in front of him, the ones that you would think would be the easy pickings, the, the, the quickest targets, he walked in, he was so close to them, he looked them in the eyes, and at that very moment, they became not objects, but human beings. So very strangely, apparently somewhere in his dark soul, he had a soul, and he could not shoot those people. So he aimed above their heads and he shot into the very center mass of the, you know, the main gallery uh, of, uh, of viewers. So that was very interesting. And, you know, I use that as an example too, not to deviate too far from assess, from assess but this is part of the violence part. Um, that's an opportunity. If, if, if the guy looks at you and decides not to shoot you, if he's pointed in another direction, that is when you act. And I, and I always say, I'm not telling you to be hero. I'm not telling you it is your duty to attack them. I'm telling you that that is an option and a really good option. There are people in that theater, and I'm not Monday morning quarterbacking. They did what they felt was right, considering the fact that they didn't have the training. Many of them laid down on the ground and were not killed. And some, some of them took off running and they were not killed. So, you know, those options worked out well for them. However, there are sheepdogs, natural, natural people that are going to run towards the gunfire. And if you are one of those people, that is the best opportunity for you to take advantage of that. Also, his gun malfunction, he had a jam. And one uh, person said it seemed like 30 seconds he was playing with his gun trying to get it unjammed so he could start shooting again, which he did. But that was also a perfect op opportunity. And you've got a mass of people. I mean, one person grabs the gun and says, and they're going to have probably have to yell, get him, get him, get him. Because when people are in shock, they freeze, but they're going to be open to any kind of command direction. So if someone says jump on them, they're going to go, oh, okay. And they're going to jump on them. So it's very possible that if these people had our training, um, that the, the situation may have ended differently. But so this, this, 
again, and then I, I can't stress enough. If you can call 911, you have got to get law enforcement rolling as quickly as possible. But the question that you have to ask yourself during this process is based on what I know, what do I do now? Hey, Mike, let me add this. Um, when, when we do these trainings and when we have these discussions, the, 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 there's one particular group of people that comes to mind more than anyone else, and it's women and children. And so when I think about women and children in this environment, I mean, they're, they're to a degree, in many cases, they're, they're, they're very helpless. And I think women can be so empowered with this oh, yeah. education and this training. Yep. Um, you know, women by nature are, are they're, they're protectors. They're, very. They, they look after others more than they look after themselves. So when they're in a scenario, an environment where an active shooter situation exposes itself, the assessment, the assess phase is so vitally important for them because they not only have to worry about themselves, they have to worry about one, two or three kids of varying ages. So trying to, to get into the minds of these, of, of, of this group of people, you know, women with children, uh, trying to uh, cause them to take pause and focus on how important situational awareness is and to condition their mind to be thinking that way so that when the situation does arise, they're able to assess it extremely rapidly and, and effectively to not only save themselves, but to save their loved ones that are yeah. right there at her feet. So yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, especially for, for women. And that brings up another, you know, point. Um, we, we talk about the individual acting by themselves. Uh, but something that obviously has to be considered, covered, and and done during these situations is how are we going to protect our loved ones? And I, you know, I I usually refer back to the um, the story or phrase or whatever that uh, Colonel Dave Grossman talks about when he talks about sheep, wolves, and sheepdogs. Now there are people in this world whether they were born that way, they were brought up that way, like I was or they were trained that way, military, law enforcement, or private security, uh, there are people that will just simply automatically go towards the gunfire. Their initial reaction is, okay, motherfucker, you want to kill me? Well, guess what? I'm going to take you out first. Those are the sheepdogs. And then there's the sheep, and, and the majority of society are sheep. So it's not a bad thing. It's just they are not the aggressors in the situation. So you know, I wish, one, I wish we knew the profile of all these people. I wish we actually knew what they look like, how they acted beforehand, and uh, and and how they were going to, they're going to act during these incidences, but we don't. We know that they're there to kill as many people possible in a short amount of time as possible, but we don't know if they're going to shoot left, middle, if they're going to do like the, the Aurora shooter and look over the people in front of them because they became human beings, not objects, and shoot above them into the crowd. We don't know what door they're going to come into. So there's no exact perfect formula to do this. So going back to your point, Mark, um, you know, 
if you visualize what I talked about, if you go through this visual, visualization exercise and you add these other factors, like you're in a theater with your two small children, is that going to change what you do? I mean, many people would probably automatically jump on top of their children to shield them from any kind of, uh, you know, bullets from any kind of gunfire. That makes sense. A lot of people would do that. I'm not, I would imagine even many sheepdogs would do that. Uh, it comes down to the circumstances, the opportunity and the mindset, but no matter what, having that survival mindset, you are going to be in so much better shape to react appropriately to save your loved ones and do what is necessary because you are, your, your attitude is not the victim mindset, not the, I'm going to die. I'm not going to see my people, my, my loved ones ever again. It's okay. I'm not going to die today. I am going to take action, whatever that action is. And I'm going to make something happen because doing nothing as we saw in the uh, New Zealand mosque shootings, doing nothing will simply get you killed because you're, you're, you're a perfect, easy, easy target for the assailant. So that was a really good point. Really good point. So um, I think uh, that, that pretty much covers the assess uh, process, the assess step in alive. And again, it just comes down to, to, you know, hopefully with this, training, you'll have the confidence knowing you've got the training to, to suppress that initial reaction of fear, of paralysis, of shock, and say, wait a minute, like it did Liz Moreno and say, wait a minute, I am empowered. I have had this training. I know I've got to do something. And now they focus their mind on doing something instead of nothing. And again, uh, the reason that I believe this process had to be in the acronym is it is, you know, when you're in that situation, you think, okay, what is the first step? It, it just says everything else stop. I'm going to focus on a rational conclusion rather than an emotional conclusion because in, in this situation, <coughs> excuse me, an emotional reaction will oftentimes lead you in the wrong direction. You know, Mike, the, the, uh, the, uh, the assess phase, keep in mind that that lives throughout the event. So you're always in a state of assessing, um, even during the, the, the leave, impede, violence, expose. So I, I, don't, I think it's important for people to think that although assess is the first stage we think of, it lives throughout the experience. Yeah, you're constantly yeah. assessing. And, and then I bring the assess up at the end for the, the E, which is exposed, because at that moment, you're now back to assessing, okay, is this thing over? Can I leave where I am? Uh, you know, and then, and then how do I do it? Do I do it carefully? Uh, because who knows, there might be a second shooter that may have just been reloading. So yeah, I think that's a good point, Mark. You're definitely assessing throughout the entire process. But this is the step that gets that assessment process beginning. So it's vitally, vitally important. Luckily, we've not had any uh, active assailant events this last week that I'm aware of. Again, I get Google alerts every day of anything related to active shooters. And so I get stuff that the main media doesn't show on all the networks. 
but I did not get anything to indicate that there was any other active shooters this week. So thank goodness. Um, according to the new, uh, the new report on mass attacks in public spaces, uh, with the statistics showing that they're, 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 they're happening, uh, at least twice a month now. So I'm, you know, with any luck, uh, during our next podcast, we can, we'll have nothing to report, you know, on that front. We will, however, in our next podcast, go over the leave, uh, the leave process. And um, I'll go ahead and share that real quick. Um, the leave process is, that's not coming up, is it? I'm, I'm still working on this. There we go. The lead process. So just real quick, that is where that's kind of the um, that's the run portion of the run hide fight. And that's just all about escaping, uh, but doing it smart. So we will we will definitely uh, we will definitely can you see leave? Yep. Okay. Yeah. We'll definitely be touching on that a little bit um, about leaving the danger zone and you know, in my presentation, and again, I, I'm a big proponent of run, hide, fight. I think that was the, that's the foundation that all the guys like us build our programs on, but it was the first version and the first version of anything is not quite perfect. So uh, the video they show, um, the Homeland Security video that they show, they show people running out of the building and going down down uh, outside next to a wall but there's multiple windows on the second floor overlooking the area where they're all bunched together so i you know i tend to to preach if you can get out get out and keep running you know and if you can run away with something you know some cover between you and where you think the shooter is do that so you're you're not being shot at from a doorway or a window down and you know be easy picking so you know we always talk about if you're going to leave if you can leave you leave and you keep on leaving until you're in the safe area but you're always making sure that you call 911 first we've got to get law enforcement rolling because since uh, Columbine, their training has improved dramatically. They know exactly what to do. They engage the shooter right away. That's what has to be done. So any, um, anything else before we, we part um, from you guys? Not All right. So again, <clears throat> next podcast. Well, I think be, you covered it good. Thank you. We'll be talking about the Aleve, uh, the leak process. The L in Alive is leave. We're going to talk about that, get more into detail on it. <clears throat> Hopefully we won't have any new events to cover. Uh, if there's something uh, to the viewers, if there's something that you want us to cover, if there's something, uh, an event you want us to break down, uh, you know, compare to what happened and what could have happened if the Alive process had been uh, had been practiced by by the people, the victims, and the people that were involved in that incident. Please let us know. We're happy to cover that stuff. And gentlemen, if you have nothing left, uh, I would like to thank you again for your participation. Um, for more information on the Alive program, go to ActiveShooterSurvivalTraining.com. You can find out about the in-person uh, training. You can find out about the online program. And, um, uh, and about the instructor certification course that we offer to create new instructors like yourselves to teach the course. Um, we, you know, 
the the thing we're trying to do here with this program and with this podcast is get the word out, get the training out. I don't care that I'm giving this stuff away for free as long as people learn it. I want everybody to understand what to do, become empowered, do not have a victim mindset, uh, consider the security mindset so that you can be prepared, have situational awareness, have proactive, reactive, uh, a proactive reactionary mindset. And so, and then when the event begins, then you switch over to the, the survival mindset and you do whatever it takes to survive. So guys, I want to thank you again for your participation. I hope you have a great day and I'll see you next week. Thank you very much.